Fred and Frit, Fred and Frit, the perfect combination of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune in to Brad and Brit. It's the Brad and Brit cast beginning uh, another week of uh, fine whatever it is we do. Yeah. Whatever it is we do here. And uh, yeah, things are going to be, uh, I'll feel a little bit different because, you know, that actor strike is over. So, you know, we can relax now, right? <laughs> I, I was talking to I was talking to my mom about that because she likes to watch. I guess the Young Sheldon show. She's like, I got the Young Sheldon. I was like, well, you're going to get some new episodes. Yeah, but not till next year. Like, yeah, I know they got to start making them. <laughs> it takes a while. I know. You know, if they keep delaying it, Young Sheldon won't be young anymore. <laughs> That's right. He'll just be Sheldon. He'll be, no, he'll be angry teenage Sheldon. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, we have maybe never done a full theme show built, at least at the beginning, around one name. Besides, wow. you know, we'll do a lot of Trump stuff, but this it's a Roy Cohn Monday. Oh, boy. It's a Roy Cohn Monday, beginning with the fact, of course, that the wrong Trump died this day, Monday, as we speak, Trump's right. sister. Um, squirming vermin and promises, promises, promises. I like that one. Uh, judge hands Don Jr. the rope to hang himself when Don's lawyers begged Jack Smith, begged Jack Smith not to indict. Another Trump hotel pays to get out from beneath his fabulous brand. Another one. And uh, staying live and local, always a good idea. Stupid, pointless North Carolina polling on presidential and gubernatorial races. Mm. Which we could start with if you want to. Yeah, let's do that. Why not? Start local, but we won't stay local. Yeah, no. Uh, we're going we're gonna to start local and then go non-local. Uh, primaries are less than four months away where we are in our state, North Carolina. Poll of registered voters from Meredith College, 755 registered voters. Presidential and governor preferences. And uh, here you go. Primaries in March. Among North Carolina Republican voters... 51% would vote for Trump, 14% would vote for Ron DeSantis, 9% would vote for Governor Haley of uh, neighboring South Carolina. And boy, is she getting a big bump today because of the Tim Scott bailout. Woo! Woo! <laughs> All those voters are coming home to mama. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Uh, if the presidential election were held now, which is always a way of saying, what follows is pointless. Yeah. Uh, Joe Biden would win over Trump by 1%. Gee, is that within the margin of error, Britt, 1%? Let me check. Very, very much so. Yeah. God. Uh, At this point in North Carolina, if you're the Biden people and you get a poll that shows you with a 1% win over Trump, you're dancing. You, you're having a good time with that. That's, well, not, that's, that's true. That, if you that's compare right. that to to these uh these other states are you kidding me i mean i'm excited if i'm the biden campaign even if it's just 755 but, likely voters or whatever i know but it's it, it's not fair to get excited over that and then um discount 
all the crap that came out early last week. But anyway, mm-hmm. back to the uh, the poll here for governor. Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson, a misogynist, an anti-Semite, a racist, a crook, a liar, worst of the worst, a demagogue, has a big lead in the Republican primary. He's got 41%. uh, Coming in right behind him is businessman Bill Graham at 5%. Who just announced. And... uh, the person that you seem to somehow think is something, but he's nothing. State Treasurer Dale Falwell, three percent. I've never thought he was anything. I think he's. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. A, what are you? What are you assigning to me? No, he's a reasonable person compared to those first two uh, assholes you talked to. Not even that. He's not. Even <laughs> he is too. By comparison, he's a, a much less of an asshole. Uh, not mentioned yet. Mark Walker. Where's the polling on Mark Walker? Because he is running. He's not running for governor. I don't. Think. Yeah, he is. He's one of the candidates for governor. You didn't know this? Well, <laughs> that's it's hilarious. 41, it's 41 for Robinson, 5% <laughs> for Bill Graham, 3% for Falwell, and 42% voted for don't know. Oh, my God. Mark Walker lost. They didn't even. It's so great. <laughs> that might tell you something. <laughs> On the Democratic side, Attorney General Josh Stein, 38%, 11% for a former state Supreme court justice named Mike Morgan and 44% say they haven't decided yet. So Mike Morgan it. needs to get out because yeah. we, this is no time, no time at all to be jo- to doing this Don Quixote thing that you're doing. Okay. All right. That was live and local for this day. Now, here we go. The wrong Trump died on Monday. That's Marianne Trump Barry. She's the oldest of the Trump siblings of that generation. She was 86, a retired federal judge in New Jersey. Now, back during the campaign of 2016, she supported him, but finally, and of course, that was fake support, okay? And finally, she got fed up with him. She couldn't, yeah. she couldn't take the association anymore. And uh, by the time it got to 2019 or so, uh, she was recorded by the niece, you know, Mary Trump. And the tapes got out. And she said, his goddamn tweet and the lying. Oh, my God. I'm talking too freely. But, you know, the change of stories, the lack of preparation, the lying. At one point, she says, all he wants to do is appeal to his base. He has no principles, none. It's the phoniness and the cruelty. Donald is cruel. You can't trust him. Hmm. There we go. Now, so far, Donald Trump has not issued a statement about his sister, and I figured out why. It's because he can't decide between actually saying something decent about her and burying the hatchet and showing normal humanity when you lose a sister or uh, attacking her for being part, remember she was a federal judge, of the same weaponized unfair justice system that's trying to interfere with his election campaign. He's, He's torn between those two extremes. We'll see. God, 
I understand that Mary Trump, she had, I think she had changed her name to something more palatable, like Madoff. I think that was like Hitler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mary Hitler. <laughs> but isn't, again, God damn it. Yeah, why, why her, not him? Women are supposed to live longer than men anyway. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> she She's nine years older than him. He's 77. Oh, God. You know, this, this is another discussion God. I was having. Uh, I was having with mom about when Trump got sick right before the election and he had to go to Walter Reed, you know, and all of the accounts now show that he was he was really much closer to dying than was was put out at that time. And they, they the doctors threw everything. They threw everything at him. Um, and this I think this was like four weeks before the election, something like that. Right. Back in 2020. Yeah, and, and remember what a huge scandal. It, no, it wasn't a scandal at all, was it? But well, I don't, remember when Hillary Clinton almost died getting into that oh, car. Well, oh, my yeah. God. Oh, my. Remember that? She passed yeah. out. Oh. Jesus. Can you, I, I just don't know what would have happened to our country. Like if Donald Trump had, had died, like four weeks before the, do you think there would have been like an all out civil war because the rumors and the lies about him being murdered would have been so pernicious uh, and pervasive, you know? Well, you know what? It would have been a decent risk. Okay. <laughs> I mean, when you, when you throw a hail Mary pass. Yeah. Okay. It's probably not going to work, but it's worth yeah. the risk. Cause yeah, it once might, in a while it yeah. might help you. You get a, you get a Doug Flutie, you get a a Mod Rashad, you get one of those deals where somebody right. catches it. Or what's his it's name like, on the Cowboys? Uh, was it Drew Pearson? Drew Pearson, yeah. You get you get one of those. It's like the risk that you take when you take the COVID vaccine itself. There's a slight risk of you know some some myocarditis, which usually works itself out, or there's a slight risk of heart arrhythmia, which again usually works itself out. So you you weigh that against the possible benefits. And you go, well, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take the shot. And in this case, <laughs> if Trump, unfortunately and very sadly, passes away because of COVID, you know, four weeks before the election of 2020, eh, maybe we have riots in the streets. Wait, you're, you're missing the forest for the trees here. Maybe Trump's sister died yeah. from the vaccine and no one wants to talk <laughs> about it. Current, that's, that's, what Trump, that's what Trump's statement will be. Another victim. <laughs> Of the, the latest scene, uh, the, the one that I paid for and was brilliant in getting funded, but then attempted to renounce. But then, uh, well, hang on, what do I say now? Shit. The, no, he's pro vaccine now, though, except he right. won't talk about it in front of his followers. He, he won't do that, but he because they boo the fuck out of him, like they do when he, he introduced that Jimenez guy in Hialeah, uh, Florida. The, now, the, the reason earlier on I, I said Roy Cohn is because in the third paragraph of the updated New York Times obit, it says, Judge Barry, that's a you know married name, had been on the federal bench in New Jersey, a position that Trump's fixer, the lawyer Roy Cohn, was credited with helping her attain during President Ronald Reagan's tenure in the 80s. That's right. There is nothing in this family that is yeah. ever earned. No. It is no. fixed. It is bought and paid for. It the skids are greased. <laughs> yeah. 
Jesus Christ. Every oh, single Roy time. Fucking Cone. That, that's impressive. That late in Roy Cohn's career, he was still able to get shit like that done. You know, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> we do need to salute him for that, for still being able to. By the 80s, you were not getting peak Roy Cohn, but you know, he was still able to get some shit done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he could have been riddled with AIDS, but he was going to get. He was still. He was Fred gonna... Trump's daughter. Remember, at that point, Fred Trump, the father, is, and that's the connection there. Yeah, uh, it had nothing to do with with young, pretty young, fairly considering. You know, that's forty years ago. Uh, Donald Trump. It was Fred Trump who had used Roy Cohn originally. So, oh, God. Well, and speaking of it's closeted, pathetic. Speaking of closeted gay guys, farewell, Tim Scott. <laughs> Tim Scott dropping out of the race for the presidency. And uh, I thought his fake girlfriend was going to be a good first lady. I got to be honest. No, no. <laughs> Brit, it, it, we, we have to look at the two greatest public love affairs of the moment. It was Tim Scott and his girlfriend and Taylor Swift and, and, and Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey I'm, yeah. I'm just saying, got to say it, the Taylor Swift Kelsey romance, a lot more real <laughs> than the Tim Scott one. A lot more real. Well, they had a good weekend. And Tim Scott and his fake girlfriend had a bad weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't wasn't it, I think Nikki Haley like appointed him governor like the first or appointed him senator that first time right? She's responsible for appointing him to the spot. Oh, and then he ran and won. Yeah, the... and then he ran. Yeah, I think that's what happened. Ooh, I don't remember. I think. That's oh. that when Strom Thurmond finally died. No. Is that... He didn't die. He's still alive, you moron. Oh, oh, that's right. Just make sure when I die, don't put a black guy in my spot. Oh, it just croaks. All right. Um, judge hands Don Jr. the rope to hang himself. I love this. It's stunning that the uh, intellectual titan, Don Jr., is able to get kind of screwed around by this judge uh this day as we speak on on monday don jr was back testifying this time on behalf of the defense now the prosecutors which is the new york attorney general's office they objected when attorneys for trump and i i'm not making this up they presented a power poll PowerPoint slide called the Trump story mm -hmm. while Don Jr. was on the stand. The prosecutor objected on the grounds that the presentation was untethered to anything relevant because it was just a hype job. You know, kind of, you, you know, you'd see like a two minute hype job on some some company and they're showing this in court. But the judge, Judge Engeron, overruled the objection and said, let him go ahead and talk about how great the Trump organization is. <laughs> I love this judge. He zigs when you think he's going to zag. Because, remember, he's already ruled they're guilty of everything. This is just a question of how much they're going to owe. So he knows this is just smoke being blown in the direction of no one. There's not a jury to impress there's there's nothing like that at all um last line of the story says it's unclear how the history of the trump organization was relevant 
to the fraud allegations? The answer is it isn't. <laughs> Just, it isn't. But I love that. I love that. Don Jr. He's just a titan. He's just a, a real estate titan, isn't he? He's the best. He's the guy knows everything. One, but the other one is the one that pours the concrete, right? He doesn't pour the concrete. No, no, yeah. I mean, if there's any two people who know anything about real estate or developing uh, properties in this country, it's got to be Don Jr. and Eric. You, that's Those are the guys you want to go to. If you have any kind of a project, I think they, I think they're secretly consulting on this uh, Toyota mega site here in North Carolina. Because uh, the people... <laughs> I mean, if you want to get stuff done, if you want to get something built, those are your go-to guys: Do Donald Trump Jr. and Eric Trump. Yeah, that, that, that's that's just what we need. We need the the uh, Northeast Mafia moving down here to control <laughs> construction, concrete, and everything else. All right, yeah, check this one out. This is a good one. Oh. Uh, uh, Jack Smith, the special counsel, took a meeting with the attorneys representing Trump earlier this year. You remember this before the indictments got handed down. And Jack Smith sat there and stared at them stone cold, didn't move an inch while they pleaded with him. They begged him not to indict Trump. Uh, Jonathan Carl, the ABC News uh, White House, and this week all around pretty damn good reporter, got a new book now on the life of Trump after he left the presidency, which, Britt, between you and me, he's still the president, but okay, Jonathan, <laughs> we'll give you that one. Do you, you see those rallies and stuff where they, they go up to the people? Uh, what's his name? The tall guy from, from they used to be on, on The Daily Show. What's it? Jordan, oh, Jordan Klemper? Yeah, yeah. He goes up to him, and there are people that, like, well, well, seriously, they're usually in their 70s, 80s. They'll tell you that he's still the president, and, and there's two militaries. There's there's one military that's good and one that's bad, and, and, the, good, and the, the good military is supporting Donald Trump. They, they, these people will tell you with all of their heart that they truly believe this. Is that and, a bizarro Superman? I don't know. And, and it's like, if you don't know that, I can I can – point you to the right website so we'll tell you i mean it, it's the um oh the q people the QAnon people you don't hear from them so much but apparently that stuff is still bubbling under the surface Britt, would that be wmyq in miami q107 in uh, washington q102 in cincinnati which q those that those were the ones i was speaking of for sure yeah, yeah. see radio was so far ahead on the use of the letter q in in all those call letters across the country weren't they weren't they oh, speaking of, i heard some terrestrial radio the other night when i was searching on my radio dial for the carolina duke football game and i heard a moment of the clay travis and buck sexton show um and it killed off about eight million brain cells but anyway rona mcdaniel was on there whatever her name is the rnc oh, the head of the republican party she the said Republican national committee Republican because this, and this is some this is why Clay Travis and Buck Sexton are so good they were bitching about the Republican debate being on NBC which I think is a it's a pretty fresh take uh you know oh why is it on NBC and and she goes look uh we take bids for this thing and they said well how much how much does it cost because they they pay would you like to guess high low on how much she said it costs that they they the, the networks or whoever is is hosting oh, the boy. debate 
pays for this for a, a, a Republican uh, well, debate uh, with wow. these clowns. With the, the cl- hang on. <laughs> You've really blindsided me on this. Front I, know. I didn't even know that, that this was a transaction. And number two, I'm thinking, well, you know, they pay X number of dollars to broadcast the NFL. Yes, yes, yes. And and they do that with the idea in mind that it costs a lot of money, but they make the money in, in advertising and it's it's just worth it to do it. It's uh, promotional value. Of, right. In in the case of uh, a Republican debate, yeah. they can't make very much money in commercials. There just aren't that many and, and they're not going to get top dollar. They're not going to get no. They're not going to get two million dollars a minute, like like. Or I guess in the case of the Super Bowl, what it must be at about seven or eight million a minute. Let me let me add seconds. This. I can, yeah. Let me so add. This I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to say five this. million. Five million is my. It's a good guess. It was. She said four. It's about. She said about four million dollars is what she said, and and when she didn't mention them, but she goes, we've talked to other, you know conservative outlets and she's obviously talking about like newsmax and maybe that right side thing she said and they just can't afford it so they they, they, they just can't come up with four million bucks mm. and i guess mike lindell is too broke to you know have, have a my pillow rnc debate i don't know i'm not sure four million bucks is what she is saying in public to people on a you know a radio show that's oh, pulls in you know a pretty good audience that's what she's saying to them because I was getting I was getting a rerun of their stupid you know, that ass show. makes it even worse. <laughs> no kidding. Well, wait, wait. That makes it even worse that they included Hugh Hewitt, the the right wing super hack. Well, they're partners, part of them. the three questioners. Because if you're paying for the rights, yeah, if you're paying for the rights to broadcast something, you get to decide who the announcers are in sports, right? You don't you, do. you don't let the well, team tell you. No, they have to be approved. The league has to approve them, and the school has to approve them. If it's a college or something like that, yeah, they got to approve them. Well, you can't just they'll, they'll certainly fine. approve the right wing guy. Well, I I think she said they that Salem is. They can't say to, excuse me to NBC. Oh uh, no, you can't use Lester Holt, <laughs> the fucking guy who's on every night at six thirty. But we just wrote a huge fucking check to you. No, um, she did say that Salem is a partner with them. Uh, so that's apparently, such a rhetorical. Dance. I don't know if um I don't know if Salem has you know the radio rights and boy is that a valuable property to have. I don't know if they've got the radio rights to the actual RNC thing or not, but that's that's how uh, Hugh Hewitt gets his seat. All right, back to John Carl's book where Trump's lawyers Todd Blanche and John Lauro met with Jack Smith's team and this was last summer and they presented a list not like this one, but uh, probably a little longer about why Trump should not be indicted and why charging Trump with crimes related to his illegal attempt to stay in power would be a mistake. So Jack Smith sat there like the great stone face. He was a combination of Jack Webb and Ed Sullivan. Dated reference for younger listeners. <laughs> 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 see those were As the people that didn't spoke, need a, those were the those were the people that didn't need an explanation on the beginning of that sunday night football thing <laughs> with the girl that played heidi those people who understood that joke right there right heidi grew up to be a hooker right that's not what happened heidi is a how dare you all right as lauro spoke the prosecutors took notes but they said nothing jack smith waited until laura was done speaking and then without commenting on what he heard 
He said, bye-bye. According to sources with direct knowledge of the meeting, that means they were in the room where it happened. Smith didn't ask a single question. And aside from the pleasantries at the start of the meeting, including the offer of a glass of water and goodbye, neither Smith nor the two other prosecutors said anything at all. Four hours later, Smith announced the indictments. So they, they did January 6th. So but they, the they top secret government stealing. They they came to him, the the legal team did, and their legal argument to Jack Smith was please, 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 yes. please, please. That that's basically it, right? Yes. Yes. There's no hey, you can't do this because the Constitution says this, and this you, there, the judgment, this case thus and forth. I'm gonna cite this case from 1961. Not, there was none of that. There was just please, 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 please. Was, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold my breath. I'm gonna hold my breath until you do this. That's basically let, let, let what they did. Repeat the key right? line here. Uh, don't indict him because quote, it would be a mistake for you to what? indict. What that was their mean? argument. Yeah. What does any of it mean? It means they don't have a case. I wasn't, I wasn't aware of the fact that and i'll bet you don't know this who was the guy that said uh when um you don't have the f let's see what is it oh i'm blowing it so i'm not going to even start <laughs> no I'll get, no no really because if i start it and i blow the yeah. Yeah. what it is it doesn't make any sense i'll get it later right um another trump hotel Pays to dump his fabulous brand. Here we go. Uh, this would be in Hawaii on the island of Oahu. Jesus. This one's called the Trump International Hotel Waikiki. And this is how bad having the name Trump associated with your commercial venture is now they're buying out the licensing room. They're paying Trump to be able to change the name and the branding on the hotel. And they're joining uh, Hilton and uh, you know, all the, all the things you get being a Hilton member of their loyalty program and shit will, will start to pile up, but it's a pretty big hotel, 462 rooms. And, uh, it's just another couple months if you really feel you'd like to stay in a Trump-branded hotel in Hawaii when you go out there, because there are so few other choices else to stay. Well, I mean, you and I for years have kind of marveled at how does the thing in Vegas keep, like, existing? I don't know. Well, how I mean, I, they're running out of them now to change. Uh, let's see. You've had New York, Toronto. Yeah. And Panama City, they've all rebranded. Well, DC, DC changed yeah. hands, right? And that's yeah, that's part of a big company now. It was like a Waldorf story or something. I don't know. Yeah, something name. like that. You know, I mean, they could become a uh, a Motel Six, and it would be a market improvement. We'll leave the light on for you here. Yeah, at the hotel formerly known as as Trump. I think that building in Chicago, it's not, it's mostly not even a hotel. I think it's a lot of office space and it's a complete dog 
it's a total stiff. So I don't know who would want that. Oh, the thing in, the thing in Chicago was a, a shit show from the beginning. Yeah. I don't think that thing ever was, was anything at all anyway. But yeah. the one in Vegas blows my mind. Like, I, I guess there are some MAGA people who make a point out of going there when they go to Vegas or whatever. I wouldn't know why. It's not really convenient to much of anything. And, I mean, it's not a great hotel. I, it, what blows my mind is with, you know, especially when you have stuff that's that close to the strip in Vegas, that real estate is so precious. And it's always being, it's turning over all the time. Like, oh, I'll take that and then I'll turn it into a, you know, whatever. That shit happens all the time in Vegas. Well, I wonder because it, it's not on the strip. It's it's down it's like. One, down the, one of the side streets it really down an is. alley it's, yeah it's off yeah yeah um it's close enough to where it would be valuable to somebody though to be fair to be fair well first of all if uh anybody else bought it they could put something and i know you've heard of these they're called casinos <laughs> into the into that yeah. building because yeah, you know trump can't get a casino license because he's a criminal <laughs> he's too criminal for vegas they never gave him <laughs> Think of that. Think of a giant hotel there that doesn't have a a casino. The answer is there's one. It's the Trump one. That's it. Uh, we have a statement here from Eric Trump on behalf of the Trump organization. The person who knows nothing about the finances of the Trump organization just pours concrete. We're incredibly proud of our performance at Trump Waikiki since the opening of the iconic tower in November of 2009. We wish them all the best as they bring this property to its next phase. No, it should have been, we wish them shit, and we hope they die, even though it's going to be a much, much better place in the wake of being associated with my sorry-ass family. He, he almost <laughs> said that, but decided. Wow. It's just dreadful. It really is. Yeah. Uh, squirm and vermin and promises, promises, promises. Uh, do the, do the vermin one. I want to do the vermin one first. Cause this is kind of something that blew up over the weekend. Right. In honor of our great veterans on veterans day, wrote Donald Trump on truth social. We pledge to you that we will root out the communists, the Marxists, the fascists, and the radical left thugs that live like vermin within the confines of our country. Whether the word country is capitalized for some reason. They lie, cheat, and steal on elections, also capitalized, and will do anything possible, whether legally or illegally, to destroy America and the American dream. The threat from outside forces is far less sinister, dangerous, and grave than the threat from within. Despite the hatred and anger of the radical left lunatics who want to destroy our country, we will make America great again. So this is a full, unabashed, dipping in to the fascists and the Hitlerian, Stalin, Mussolini kind of language dehumanizing uh, everyone who just doesn't love your ass and saying that they have no right to be in this country. And uh, if I'm elected president again, uh, I will sweep all of these people aside. Now, how do you do that? Well, we know how that that's been done 
in the past. And he's saying flat out, this is what I'm going to do. And it's, it's right there. I think, I think, again, I could be wrong, that this is making it easier to run against him because he's making this a referendum on himself. There isn't the conventional wisdom that when an incumbent runs, and I know, Trumpers, you don't believe this, but Joe Biden is the incumbent, okay? Yeah, I know. Sorry. And, and, and is running on his record, or excuse me, he's running on his perceived record as interpreted by Republicans and the media, which insists we're on the verge of a 1929-style depression, even though we're not. So everyone answers every poll that the economy sucks. But I'm doing pretty good, but the economy sucks. So if it's a referendum on Joe Biden right now, he's he's in a little bit of trouble. But Donald Trump, I think, is making it easy to make this a referendum about Donald Trump, this election, and making it impossible for it not to be a choice between democracy and dictatorship, democracy and autocracy, freedom and slavery to the whims of Donald Trump. I think this is a black and white election. It just hasn't come into focus yet. Well, don't you think uh, and, that that's yeah, people you, like you and me are paying attention to it and, and people who, who listen to podcasts and shit like that. But most of the country's not not tuned in right now. And I, well, that, I that, think that's the um, that's the duty of the Biden people is to make it into what you just said. Black and white election. That's what this is. The saying about interest rates or price of gas or any of that other shit. This is about like, right. are we still going to be America? <laughs> that, yeah. That's what you got to do. But doesn't he make this a, an easier argument overall every time he goes down this road? He's using the language of dictators, not beyond the memory of people who are still alive. No, it, it appeals there are to people who are 75, 80, 90 years old who were alive in the 1930s. Yeah. And they, yeah. they remember it. But you don't have to be that old to to know what we're talking about here. Well, it, it appeals to the pro authoritarian folks. It, it that it's got that appeal. I I don't think that that wins the day. I hope that that doesn't win the day. It hasn't so far. Um, you know, but <laughs> there's there's so much like he he in in this particular case when you look at Donald Trump in 2023 as he's campaigning to to win and go back into the White House. This is much more dangerous and nasty rhetoric than he had in 2016. Now, the stuff in 2016 was bad enough. We certainly had the idea. But after living through four years of him actually being empowered in the presidency and him having some people in the White House who tried to stop him from doing all the shit that he was trying to do. Oh, they're gone. <laughs> they're, they're, and they're yeah, not coming that, back. No, that's there's <laughs> it's there's no governor this time around. There's no emergency break. There, there's nothing to stop him if he goes back in the White House for sure. It's as you pointed out, it's going to be the Stephen Millers and it's going to be the Steve Bannons and it's going to be the Sebastian Gorkas and it's going to be all of those people just full speed ahead. We're going to plow right into the wall. 
but he's this is much worse than what we were getting seven years ago, the first time that he ran for president. Or as uh, some people feel, this is much better. <laughs> There's, it, uh, and it does it blows my mind that some people are are not paying attention, although it probably shouldn't. Um, you know, I I, I know this, this this guy named Stephen Chung. Yeah, I see his name come up, and and he's the one that that puts out these the these full minister of propaganda Herman Goring kind of uh, comments. Rudolf Hess, Albert Speer kind of uh, comments. Uh, they reacted to uh, the rest of us pounding on Trump for sounding exactly like Hitler and Mussolini and making any attempt to say you can't talk about Nazi Germany in the United States. It's, a, it's Godwin's law. You lose that. That's gone now. You, yeah. you notice nobody ever says that anymore. Or you can't bring up Hitler. That's Godwin's law. Anytime uh, Hitler comes up in a conversation, the conversation's over and you lose. <laughs> nobody says that anymore, do they? Uh, but Chung is there to say that the criticism of Trump is stupid. And, of course, he doubled down <laughs> and repeated exactly what Trump said to eliminate the enemies, the vermin. And I can't remember who said it was. Vermin is not a Trump word. Somebody fed no. that to him because yeah. his word is rat, right? Well, that feels like, that feels like Steve Miller. It feels like the Steve Miller band getting together. And of course, the, yeah. the irony of that would be that Stephen Miller is Jewish. So <laughs> I know you guys don't believe in hell, but for this one brief moment, you might want to believe that Stephen Miller will burn in hell for all eternity. <laughs> Stephen Chung told the New York Post, excuse me, the Washington Post in response that, quote, those who try to make the ridiculous assertion like that are clearly snowflakes grasping for anything because they're uh, suffering from Trump derangement syndrome. Are you uh, familiar with that one, Britt? That's a good one. Is he just, is it, does entire, he just speak in cliches? Is that all he does is cliches? Wait, their entire existence will be crushed when president Trump returns yeah. to the white yeah. house. That's their response. Sure. To the response to Trump going full uh, authoritarian and, uh, I know you are aware of some of the idiotic gaffes and senile musings of Trump over the weekend. And what's even worse is he's repeating the same ones. I know he's like this. He still thinks he's running against Obama. That's he great. still thinks that Victor Orban is running Turkey. Yeah. And you know how he often uh, run runs down the the street and announces how brilliant all the bad guys of the world are, whether it's Putin or Kim Jong-un or president Xi. And I think this came up because, you know, Joe Biden's meeting with president Xi of China this week on the West coast and Trump once again, just extolled the virtues, the brilliance, the manliness of President Xi of China. He has this great deep voice, and he's right out of central casting. And if Hollywood tried to make a movie, they couldn't find anybody to play him because he is so strong. So I, I thought about that, and 
when I ask you this, I know what the answer is going to be. Have you ever heard the voice of President Xi talking? No. Well, no. no, of course I, you I wouldn't remember. Exactly. Exactly. Because whenever you see video of him speaking, it's 100% covered up by a translator. Oh, okay? yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you look hard enough uh, on your, your uh, YouTube and your, your Google or whatever, you can find you know, untranslated speech by him in Chinese. And he is as straightforward and boring a politician as you'll ever hear speak. He reads a speech off the paper, doesn't seem to vary it, and somehow this is translated for Trump into being the most brilliant, charismatic speaker since, ooh, Hitler, right? Who was, by the uh, Trumpian definition, certainly a great speaker. Right, because he could really whip up a crowd. He could get them on his. He he knew how to. And she is not like that at all. No, he's just a boring politician, a bureaucrat. Uh, but Trump keeps saying, "Brit, there is no." Well, since we lost Jack Sue, you know, twenty five, thirty years ago, there's just no nobody like that that could play President Xi. Jeez. <laughs> Jack Sue. This was your from Barney Miller. <laughs> yeah, I had good. to do it. I I had to do it. Uh, oh, that's fun. So, Mister Mister Chung, uh, uh, the spokesperson for for Trump, he went on to say he's got a final solution for Trump's enemies. Is that what it was? That one of the quotes that he had. Uh, I don't have that here. I don't think yeah, they say that. It basically sounds about this, about right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but uh, Trump keeps uh, using the word terminated. You know, my enemies will be terminated. And, of course, that's the language of uh, aborting a child. The, the, yeah. uh, the, the pregnancy was terminated. He keeps using that. All right. And uh, that's that's no accident. One final thing. Have you watched the Albert Brooks thing on HBO yet? No, I've heard great things. I have not seen it yet. I definitely want to. No, don't, don't bother. He is he is not a funny person. Not a funny guy. He hasn't had an interesting career. Stiff. Terrible life. Just very boring. Boring. Terrible. Boring. Do you know that sometimes he would come out on stage and, and no one would laugh? Did you do you know that? And he <laughs> called himself a comedian. Bastard. Oh God, I don't even know how this guy got a job. I don't know how he, I don't know what Johnny Carson thought was so funny. God, I would funny. say my current answer for my favorite 80s movie is broadcast news right now. It changes from time to time, but it's probably it's probably broadcast news. Sometimes I go. It's pretty, it's pretty great. It's pretty it's, great. It is. It's it's I mean, and Holly Hunter's performance in all the movies she's been in. She's been great. But holy shit, she's just outrageously good in this. It's just it's our, disgusting uh, how our, good she is. Right. Our our, our uh, kids, who are hardly kids anymore, they're in their 30s, right. are coming home next week for Thanksgiving. And uh, we've decided we're going to force them to watch Defending Your Life. Oh, yeah. With Albert Brooks. Yeah. yeah. And I know they haven't seen it. They probably don't even know that much about Albert Brooks. But I think it's such a universal movie. Yeah, in terms of of the themes and 
Yeah. You know, Rip Torn is just he's ripped fucking torn in there. He's great. And the woman in that movie now, whatever happened to her? Did she ever do anything? Catherine Harold? <laughs> you know who she is, don't you? Yeah, I know who she is. I thought <laughs> You know who she was married to, don't you? That I don't know. Um, well, if you watch MSNBC at 10 o'clock Monday through Thursday, he's usually not on Fridays. The guy who is on and does that show and was a writer and producer for the West Wing. That's right. She was married to Lawrence O'Donnell. Oh, there you go. Well, I was I was more speaking of that Meryl Streep woman who just you don't hear much about anymore. Oh. I, didn't, I didn't know what happened to her. I don't know. Oh, Some people just don't I think make she got a small she got a small part in the Martin Short Steve Martin uh, <laughs> only, only murders, murders in the, in the building. building. <laughs> yeah, she hadn't done it. It was like a thirty five year gap. I think she's on a YouTube series right now. I'm not sure. Maybe you might, she's doing something over there. No, she just sits all day on her couch eating bonbons, looking at YouTube videos. 